On this episode, we had John Chad and Alec Longstreth of the beautiful and brilliant drop target scene join us. But my software approximation of duct tape and chewing gum wasn't playing nice, and as a result, there's some weird volume changes, and much worse, the first few minutes of our guests were never properly recorded. Thankfully, Kayla and I had a fairly chatty intro, and Alec recorded himself on his end as a backup, and talked more than John in the first few minutes, so disaster mostly averted. You'll hear some odd segues and rough transitions where I stitched around John's missing voice in the first few minutes, uh, and you also missed John's initial description of Drop Target and a couple notes on Dream Machines. Sorry about that. Uh, one more thing before we get into the show, a pre-plug. I cannot recommend the Drop Target Omnibus strongly enough. As of February 1st, the Omnibus is publicly available and an absolute joy to behold. If pinball zines are up your alley and something tells me they are, go to droptargetzine.blogspot.com to pick up your own copy of this radical compendium. I promise you'll love it. On with the show. Welcome to the Skillshop Pincast, episode 61. I'm Graham. And I'm Kayla. Hey, Kayla, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm hanging in there. It's been a long week. Awesome. We're also <laughs> like, trying not to laugh at each other because of the, all the fun things that have been happening before we started hitting your oh, yeah. record. Oh, yeah. This um, is a technical marvel. I hope yeah. you guys all appreciate what you're listening to. <laughs> yeah. uh, so what was your week like? Uh, well, I, I took a three-day vacation yeah. uh, to New York City. And I've heard of it. That was that was fun. Uh, I stopped by Modern Pinball while I was out there. Nice. Which uh, I didn't realize it was like a um, like just pay-by-the-hour thing, mm-hmm. like kind of like uh, the Seattle Pinball Museum. So sadly, I was a little underwhelmed when I realized I just have like a bigger, better version of it at yeah. home. But it was still nice. Yeah. Sneak some pinball in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it's worth checking out for sure. Right? Yeah. And, you know, just kind of kind of slogging through the work week. I feel like that. we had a guy that emailed us about from New York that was like, if you're ever in town, let me buy you a beer. Oh, probably. Yeah, we probably should look through those before you go on adventures. I know, right? <laughs> well, how was your week, Kayla? It was good. Um, pretty busy. I had my birthday. We went to the Ape Arcade. That's and, right. Um, did that. Last night, hung out with Bo and Karens. That was fun. Word. Um, no lie. Got into his rental car after dinner with him and Katie and Jeff. And the Who's Pinball Wizard was playing at full blast. I was oh like, is boy. this what you just listened to, <laughs> like, <laughs> on a on regular repeat. basis? He's like, I swear to God, it's the radio. I didn't do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Todd McCullough was out there, too. He um, talked about how excited he is about total nuclear annihilation. And then I just have two little bits of news for the week is that Congratulations to Canada's tre- national treasure, Bare Naked Ladies, for making it into the Canadian Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Nicely done, gents. Yeah, I mean, even though you've got Ed in your band, you still managed to make it. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations to you guys. Um, and then my other little tidbit comes from other friend of the show, Dan Burfield, from Tilt Cycle. He sent me a message the other day that said, um, my friend in Pittsburgh just sold a pinball machine to Tom Savini. It's like, get the fuck out of town. Are you serious? Um, For those of you that are unaware, Tom Savini is well known for many, many um, horror movie makeups. And he does, he runs a a school in special effects in Pittsburgh. But the game that he, I already told you, I was going to ask you to guess, but (laughs) (laughs) it's a Bram Stoker's Dracula. So that's super cool. 
I, re- I wish that his friend had taken a picture of Mr. Savini playing the Bram Stoker's Dracula, but alas, he only got pictures of rubber monster masks, and that's, you know, good enough for me. <laughs> what can, yeah, that'll work. That'll work. Yeah. Well, but we've got other reasons why we're sitting yeah. down and chatting right now. We've got these two little wolves we've been holding at bay behind the scenes over in Vermont, and we're <laughs> 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 now New Mexico, I think. <laughs> I'm actually a coyote, technically. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we've got our friends Alec Longstreth and John Chad from Drop Target Zine here. Hi. Hi. Yeah, I think John's an Arctic yeah. wolf, and I'm a coyote. I'm a desert coyote. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yes. Well, it's for since you know all males' voices sound the same, I would like you to introduce yourselves individually. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John. And my name is Alec Longstreth. Hey. Awesome. That's your differential um, voices there, folks. Good luck, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I mean, we're talking to you not only because you guys are awesome, but you just put out a really exciting project. Who wants to start talking about it? The Drop Target Omnibus. It is 540 pages. It collects uh, our seven issues of our Drop Target zine, and then there's 100 pages of bonus content. Yeah, because, like, when I was a kid growing up, if I saw a book and it was all text, it was just like, oh, God, do I have to read this? So it's like you can flip through any page of the book. There's never just a wall of text. There's always a warm drawing to invite you in. Comics, reviews of places to play pinball. Little interviews, too. Interviews, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, no, I mean, like, one one way I've described it with someone was um, if people are out there familiar with multiball, uh, that was like oh, yeah. the the pinball zine in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, that sort of documented like the peak of kind of maybe what you would call like modern pinball and then the death. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like we started in 2005 and put out seven issues to 2010. Um, and like when we were putting this omnibus together, it was really interesting because we looked back at that stuff. And, you know, like when John, John did like this mega proofreading pass and there's passages where it's just like, yeah, there's only one pinball manufacturer right now you know it was like just stern because right. like jersey jack wasn't on the scene yet um and so i i almost think like that five years that we documented it was this huge kind of rebirth of modern pinball mm-hmm. um and so it feels like this nice sort of time capsule of this really exciting time when you know uh like jersey jack pops in some of these sort of more boutique uh pinball people started making their own machines and putting stuff out um, so yeah, it's just like a really exciting time for us to stumble upon pinball and then like channel it into the zine, like John said. Absolutely. And like, I mean, in a couple of years, there's people that can say, well, back in my day, we only had one pinball manufacturer and they can point to this book and be like, see, this is what things were like. <laughs> yeah. And it, it feels good to like put it all into one book. And then like, you know, um, one of the things I really loved was in the seventh final issue, which was our future issue. Each mm-hmm. issue had a theme. Um, John did a review of other pinball zines and it's like, you know, there's so much room, uh, you know, skill shot in Seattle is a pinball yeah. zine. Like, um, you know, like there's so many different uh, approaches that people could take. And so it's like, we hope we'll just inspire other people to make the pinball zine that goes from 20, you know, 18 mm-hmm. to 2020 or whatever right. um, documents a new era of pinball. Well, and that's one thing that I really love about short run and, and like DIY press is that everyone kind of lifts each other up. Like, um, I'm friends with Phil Baird in DC because he saw 
I get handed my friend Dan that writes for Maximum Rock and Roll a copy of Skillshot, and he reviewed it in Maximum Rock and Roll. And then he oh, cool. Phil read that and then, like, entered a contest for the Northwest Pinball Show and won the contest, got <laughs> flown out, and then we became friends. <laughs> like, you know, those little things happen because someone reads something in a zine. And it's so exciting. Yeah. And, like, oh. I've I've reviewed drop target zines in Razor Cake, too. So, like, yeah, there's no oh, sense cool. in not – um, oh, yeah, I'll send that to you if you haven't seen it. Um, yeah, it's just something to like cross contaminate and make pinball awesome for everyone. <laughs> but I was trying to tell people like I love the covers on Drop Target because it starts the path of a pinball. Like you'll start at the shooter lane for cover number one, and then cover seven is like entering your initials on the back glass. And I also tell people that you cover one of each Harry Potter Harry Potter uh, books slash movies in each issue. In a dream machine. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, totally. That's awesome that you picked up on that. That yeah. was uh, John's <laughs> idea when we started it. Um, and it was actually, it was sort of arbitrary, but like, yeah, I wanted to do a Harry Potter one for each book. Um, and so we sort of set this number of seven. And then like, John, do you want to talk about like the design schema? Yeah, like, and I'm so happy that you picked up on that, Kayla, because I feel like a lot of people don't notice. They just think, oh, it's a pinball part. Oh, oh there's no, another pinball part. <laughs> but yeah, like the idea of like, bringing you into the game, like bringing you through the the idea of playing a game. Um, but no, there's like little touches. Uh, we were really inspired by uh, zines that we were finding in like our comics community, especially like Hey Four Eyes by Robin mm-hmm. Chapman. Um, what's that Derek Kirk Kim one, Alec? One up? Uh, oh, oh, I don't think it's Derek Kirk Kim, but yeah, uh, Raina, I forget her last name, Raina Lee, who did one up, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, like a video game based. Yeah, video uh, game. Yeah. yeah. But like these, these zines that just like were really tightly designed. Um, so we tried to like just have everything in the design screen pinball. Uh, like we had these intro and outro illustrations. The intro illustration will always kind of reinforce the the theme of that issue, while the outro illustration would kind of set up the theme for the next issue. Um, if you ever notice the the replay screen on the back cover of each issue, there's like it, it matches. Yeah. Um, and the number of the match matches the, the number, number of the issue, which yeah. I know like on most pinball machines doesn't make sense because it's like a digit and then zero. Yeah, but, but like Wizard of Oz does. Screen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wizard of Oz is the only one. Yeah. Well, we did that for the seventh issue and I was like very, very happy. <laughs> that it like, finally made sense. Right? Accurate. Yeah. You're like, this is our plan all along, guys. <laughs> well, and what I always loved is the, the back cover illustration. Uh, when you see that match screen, it's also the DMD from the game that's in the replay review. Uh, every oh. issue has a replay review where we like break down a game to try and help you get a replay. So it's almost like the reader like achieved that. That's uh, awesome through reading the issue. So that always felt kind of cool too. Uh, and I do. Yeah, love and we kind of try to carry that together with the book. Like when it came time, so like you know, we very carefully plotted out these seven cover illustrations to play a game of pinball, and it literally ends with you like entering your high score initials. So it's kind of like, well, what do we do for the book when it comes together? And then we sort of had the idea of making the play field of the drop target game that you're playing. Um, and then John had this really brilliant idea. I don't know if anyone out there has two copies, but the back <laughs> cover is a back box. And if you like slam two copies together, yeah. <laughs> um, you can actually stand one up and like butt the front cover to the back cover and it makes a pinball machine. Um, so like, uh, and it's playable, like actually all of the, different things we're talking about the pinholes special in literature dream machines all those things are like modes that are visible on the play field so you could sort of like play the book mm-hmm. um, and even on the spine there's the button that's like the left flipper button 
And then John and I have agreed if anyone ever asks us to sign the book, we will like draw the right flipper button on the, on the face. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's just like nothing was an afterthought. It's like you guys clearly went to design school. You know, <laughs> we teach at a design school. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Um, gosh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, okay. So one of my favorite stories about Drop Target Zine is I was at a um, Seattle Pinball League meet at. Uh, Mitch Anderson's house. He does a Bally Masters every summer, so it's a an eighteen course pin golf at his house. Oh, cool! <clears throat> and it's all Bally machines. It's so great. Um, but Tim Turney had just moved to town re- that year, that like January or so, and I had just picked up. I think it was issue number four of Drop Target, maybe five. And um, I was looking through it, and I was like, "Hey, do you guys want? Like, I have extras. Who wants these? Like, I think I picked up a bunch from you, Alec, at Short Run or something." Oh, cool! And um. And so I like handed out for friends and Tim comes up to me like a half an hour later. He's like, I'm fucking in this comic. (laughs) 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 And it's when he had played at like the New York city meltdown or something. Um, Oh yeah. John covered that. Yeah. 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 It was like the first tournament I ever saw. It was him and Sean Grant were in the finals. So he's yeah, like, that was a community issue. John went to a, a tournament and like documented like how they keep score and stuff. Cause we had never done any competitive pinball. Mm hmm. Yeah, that was so much fun. I was like, oh, look, it's real. It's life entertain- imitating art. <laughs> yeah, a small community, for yeah. sure. <laughs> well, yeah, it's fun. I mean, the, the amount of overlap is crazy. Like, in each issue, there's this thing we call From Zeros to Heroes, and it's, like, basically autobiocomics about us playing pinball. And it's like, yeah, like, I ran into a guy one night when I was playing in Brooklyn, New York. I was at a comic show there, and I was, like, playing, and I ran into a guy, and he had, like, a crazy flipper fingers sweatshirt it oh, drew. Wow. and i was like oh hey are you from portland and it was like yeah and then like he's the guy that put me in touch with cff to like i like shadowed them for a night oh yeah played a bunch of pinball so it's like then that shows up again in issue five yeah and, like, i was flipping through the book right now and i just saw that <laughs> so cool <laughs> yeah so there's like it, it is a fun like you know, it's like this weird subculture thing where you can kind of go anywhere and just like, yeah, if you're playing pinball, you know what you're doing, then people are gonna sort of gravitate towards that. Or like Levi and I took a road trip years ago to SF, like um, just went Seattle, San Francisco, and we hit like pinball spots on the way back up in Eugene and uh, Alameda, wherever. And mm-hmm. we kept seeing this guy, like we ran into this guy in several different cities with long hair, wearing a free gold watch t-shirt. And I was like, hey, are you on like a pinball tour? Like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I am. I'm like on my way to Seattle. I was like, we're going back to Seattle. We live there. And he's like, oh shit. Like, where should I check out? It's like, come to Attaball on a Wednesday. And then I saw him like two weeks later at Attaball. Well, well. And like, that's who I, like he moved to Minneapolis after that. And Matt Tompkins is who I stayed with when I went to Minneapolis two years ago, you know? <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that's an awesome story. It's like you're not even the only person on a pinball. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's things like that that make me able to justify my nerddom of that when people like normal people are like, why are you all about this? I don't understand. <laughs> like, well, whatever. I'm having I'm experiencing life. So <laughs> yeah, can I share some really big yeah. news with you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Please. Okay, so so in the drop target omnibus at the very end, John and I each drew a brand new 10 page comic. John's, Ooh. which I want him to talk about, is about actually creating the art package for a real pinball machine. He drew so the art cool. package for the Jetsons, which is mind boggling. But mine was about how I moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico, where I'm joining you now, and that there is zero pinball here. No but 
my friend Liz Prince, who's the one who told I love me Liz Prince. my pinball machine that I bought, she was here visiting her family and she found pinball machines at the mall that's like way <laughs> south of town that I never go down to. <laughs> so I went down there today and I played like wild out in the wild pinball for oh the first God. time in like years, <laughs> like in awesome. years of living here. So I went into this video game store called We Know Video Games and they had a fishtails, a pinbot, and like the Star Trek that has like the hologram thing oh, on yeah. the back glass. Yeah, the Data East one. Yeah. Okay, so the Star Trek machine is off. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the pinbot, uh, I put a quarter in the left slot, it just slides through, it's not catching. No. <laughs> and then the right slot, is totally jammed with like dimes. You know, like, uh. <laughs> like a kid went in there and was like, right. oh, cool. I saw someone put a coin in here. All I have are dimes or pennies or whatever. Yeah. And like jammed it. So that one's inoperable. Although it looks great. LEDs and it's all clean and everything. Mm-hmm. No game. And then I go to Fish Tales and I look down and it's got stern flippers on it, which is, you know, that game. <laughs> yeah, is not lightning. Kind of flipper, <laughs> and the left one is stuck up. <laughs> Oh, Alec. So I was like, I was like, all right, well, I came all the way down to the mall. Like, I rode the bus for half an hour. I guess I'm playing this fish tails or whatever. So I put in a buck and like, it just played horrible. You couldn't do anything with the left flipper. And so I went over to the guy. I brought a drop target scene and I gave it to him. And I was like, hey man, if you fix these pinball machines, I'll put like 300 bucks in here a year. You know, like. <laughs> Just fix them, okay? And then he was like, yeah, yeah, we know, we know. The guy who owns them is having some trouble right now, but he's going to fix them. So then I'm wandering around the mall like, oh, God, this was going to be so cool, and it was so lame. And then there's a second, like, area in the back called the all-out zone that had, like, laser tag and pool, whatever, in an old, like, closed-down Sears. And they had a Spider-Man, which I got a high score number four. That's awesome. Nice. And then uh, the Caribbean, both of which played pretty well. That's great. So, I was redeemed, but I found pinball in Santa Fe down at the market <laughs> mall way south of town. Everybody. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Not that anybody that's listening to your podcast is in Santa Fe. It's only for me, but uh, right. so that's like an update. If you've read the book, I'm okay out here in Santa Fe. I'll see all right. <laughs> but if you do listen from Santa Fe and you have a personal collection that you're hoarding, you need to let us know. Yeah, please get in touch. <laughs> I need to like, I mean, I, I can't complain. I own Medieval Madness. It's in like perfect condition. But I've done everything I can do. You know, I've like right. done all the bonus stuff. I beat it front to back. Ruled you know. the kingdom. Yeah. I'll be like, oh, I'll play a quick game and I get to battle for the kingdom and it's like a chore to have to like get there. So like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's geez. just nice to like get on a Spider-Man, hit a replay, yeah. line up a couple multi-balls, mark the machine, get an ABL in there and be like, I'll be back to yeah. wipe out the rest <laughs> of these high scores. Totally. All right. Enough about me, John. Oh. Can we please talk about the Jetsons? I want to hear yeah. all that. I want the Let's listeners to hear about we, going we from drawing dream machines to drawing a real machine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I I, I did that. Um, <laughs> it I was, played uh, it. It was it was very very you fun. It? It yeah, I played it a couple times. I've yet, I've yet to play one. I was actually really. I think nervous is correct, the correct word that mm-hmm. I was going to see one at MAGFest um, because I had this uh, friend with me. He's an old high school friend and he's just getting back into gaming and I wanted to make sure that he had a good time. <laughs> um, so I was like showing him around. I know it shouldn't be a hard sell. Like yeah. here's the place with an arcade that's open 24 um, seven. But he was like mm, arcade games. Um, but we ended up having like a really good time. Um, but I was afraid that the Jetsons was going to be there uh, because I, if I see it in the, <laughs> 
out there, I'm gonna just like break down and like cry like a like <laughs> yeah. a baby. John's gonna lose his mind. I'm gonna <laughs> lose <laughs> my mind. <laughs> um, and I, I just think that that would have been like a weird dynamic for, <laughs> for, for the weekend. Hey, John, um, you want to play a game of pinball? <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell friends about it all the time. I said my friend John drew, did the art on that, and when we were playing League, like people played that or picked that game intentionally, oh, yeah? like several times. Like oh. so, people are playing it. I can't wait. You know, mm-hmm. from doing the Dream Machines, you know, I thought that I always had, like, the, the faculty to be able to do one. You know, I think in my head I had built up, like, how much work it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, like, so much more work. There's so much art that goes into a machine mm-hmm. that I think when you think about it individually, you're like, yeah, I know that the apron has to be designed. Yeah, I know that, the, like, there's a sticker on the coin door that someone has to do. Yeah, if there's like side art, you know, or like side art blades, they're starting to do like special decals that you can yeah, put along. Like the, the si- web on Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, that has to be done. Um, and it builds up like really, really quickly. Uh, I really valued it for as a learning experience. Um, and I ended up having a lot of fun. But in the thick of it, it was it was very, very stressful. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. um, I also like, you know, there's so much going on with a pinball machine. And graphic design is just a part of it you know the art has to like allow the inserts to like really be readable but it also has to kind of assist you in knowing like what are the angles that you should be flipping the ball at but also for me i wanted it to like help tell the story i wanted it to be like an environment um i'm really inspired by greg ferreris uh, i know we've turned our videos off and this means nothing to a podcast but i've got my um <laughs> Bally's Escape from the Lost World playfield hanging mm. behind me. Hmm. Um, and so I really wanted you to feel like the ball was traveling around a space. Um, but kind of having that as my desire as an artist kind of navigate with the intentions of the game and the rule set and all that stuff uh, was just tricky. Um, but throughout all of that, Charlie at Spooky Pinball was just such such a great guy. He was such a sweetheart. He really had a lot of patience with me and he helped me, you know, when I had trouble with the process or when I didn't understand, you know, different terms and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just really, uh, really instrumental to, to getting it done. And yeah, I mean, I, I think also like in issues three through seven, we always had a guest person draw a dream machine. We like selected one of our cartoonist friends to do it. And they all pretty much had the same feedback was like, it's way harder than it looks. You know, like, um, or just when I look at our dream machines that we drew, like, or even the cover of the Drop Target Omnibus, it's mostly, like, dead space. You know, it's, like, empty space. <laughs> it's, like, that wouldn't fly on a real pinball machine, no. right? Because it's, like, this is communicating the cover of a book, and we want it. You, we want people to be able to pick out the details. But, like, there's just a whole other layer there, like, you know, the backgrounds that has to kind of, like, make sense. And I feel like John did a really good job of showing, you know, the sky into the apartment and the, yeah. you know, the the Jetsons workplaces in the background and stuff. Um, it's just yeah, so so cool to see it. I haven't seen one in, in real life or played one either. So well, I'm, I'm not sure I'm gonna break down and cry, John, but I'm gonna be excited for it. It sounds like both of you have to come to Short Run Seattle this year. <laughs> oh, yeah, my gosh. oh my gosh. And then like sit down together and I could just rub John's back while he's crying. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's such an accurate uh, picture that we're painting. Um, no, I live like vi- my I live my vi- uh, pinball life vicariously through like the Skillshot pin cast. Oh yeah. Like, I love to hear about what's going on in the Seattle scene and mm-hmm. all the different places. It's just, I mean, I can't even keep them straight. Like whenever <laughs> I get an issue of skill shot in the mail and I open it up, I'm just overwhelmed by how many places there are to play. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I am how... too, honestly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and I, I am currently like Alec. I'm, but now Alec has these uh, great two new mall games, and hopefully more on the way. <laughs> I mean, are we not counting the awesome fishtails? <laughs> no, it was brutal. I took I took a picture because I was going to send it to John, but I my I forgot my phone, so I was taking out my wife's phone. But all I took was a picture of the three games and then a picture of the flippers because that was all you needed to know. It's like yeah. wrong flippers and one of them's broken, and this is the only functional game. That's amazing. They should make that it zombie our, fish, uh... like retheme it to a fishtails for the crypt. Yes. Oh, fishtails. <laughs> That like that that fishtails is like indicative of Alec and I's uh, like journey to find pinball in Vermont. At times, we would get oh tip, we'd get like tips from people. They'd be like, "Hey, I just saw four pinball machines mm-hmm. at a pizza place in Quichi. You gotta we'd, check like, it out." Get in the car and we drive up there. Three <laughs> of them be broken, or like yeah, like two are broken and off. One is so broken you can't even get a quarter in the damn thing, and then like one like kind of plays, but the weak you know weak flipper or something. Well, we'd sit there for like three hours like well this is all we got it's a new game or it's whatever. so abusive <laughs> yeah. but then but then that's why when we would go down to like pinball wizard which is sadly no longer with us yeah. in Tallahassee, new hampshire we would like we we would clear our schedules i mean we'd mm-hmm. show up we'd be there as they're unlocking the door at nine in the morning <laughs> You know, like we brought our like, own cots. Can we stay? Yeah, we <laughs> three hours until our arms were bleeding. Go get some lunch. You know, split <laughs> one of these gigantic subs at Supas, and then we'd like go back in and like play another six hours or whatever. I don't know why, until... but I had like this thought of you guys doing Lady and the Tramp with subs and like Alex on the inside of the sandwich. <laughs> yeah, that's not inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I mean, this will only make sense to people that played there and happen to eat at Supas. But like, rude waitstaff, just not very friendly. <laughs> like, like I feel like they just let it slide because the portions are so gigantic. It's like, hey, what do you want? What do you want from me? You you ordered a, a small fries and I gave you two paper plates filled with fries. <laughs> I'm gonna be a dick about yeah. it. Yeah, you know, like four dollars. Get out of my face or whatever. <laughs> Don't you think, John? Weren't they always a little edgy in there? Wait, yeah. do, we, do we need to like specify that this is in Jersey? No, or, no, it's in New Hampshire. Okay, well, it's in New Hampshire. Okay, it's like Jersey attitude in the middle of nowhere. Oh, New I Hampshire. see. Yeah, because that's Shut what up. I was going <laughs> to just, I just want something to eat so I can go play some more pinball. <laughs> oh, boy. That's hilarious. Um, John, did you have anything else you want to say about Justin's? Or can I talk about myself? <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you totally can. No. I, you know, there was a period of time where like, if you if you had come up to me right after the project and been like the Jetsons, like not with the pinball machine, just like showed me a DVD or like <laughs> you know even a crude napkin drawing of like Rosie, I would have just like flipped the table. Yeah, uh, I just like had no desire to look at their faces again. Right. Um, but I'm like I'm back on board. Uh, it's a really good show. <laughs> I used to just call John and go. Just do the sound effects of me. So Katie told me a funny story last night. Uh, I'm not going to say where she works, but she checks people in. And uh, in the file, there's this guy named uh, Jessen, not Jetson, but Mr. Jessen. And he rides one of those mopeds, like, you know, a little scooter. And yeah. in his file, the first thing it says is daughter Judy. And she just giggles every time she sees him. And she finally had to tell him why. <laughs> But okay, so we were talking about how Just don't go like what? What are you talking right, about? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> it's pronounced Jason, actually. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Jason. 
Um, so we were kind of touching on like how freaking difficult it is to design a pinball machine. And like, I know I don't want to diminish that John actually did that. But, uh, when you guys asked me to do it, I was like, oh, hell yeah. Like I'm way on board. And then I started doing it like, whoa, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) there's a lot going into this. So, um, for those of you who haven't heard me like hint at it for the last year, um, I did where in the world is Carmen San Diego for a dream machine for the job target omnibus. And it's awesome. Wow, thanks. It's so killer. Mostly because of John's awesome artwork. Um, well, that doesn't hurt, but you did a great job with the rule set. Yeah, well, page 448 mm-hmm. to page 453 <laughs> in the Drop Target Omnibus. Um, yeah, no, it was really fun. I did, like, the proofreading on this, and I had so much fun digging into the rule set. And, like, my memories of the TV show with Rockapella and all that were sort of foggy. But mm-hmm. it was cool. It all started coming back to me when I was, like, playing the game, which I think would be super fun to play in real life. I think so too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I think I, the, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I just think the rules are fun, but also like the geometry that you came up with is like super accurate. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to put anybody on blast, but like I definitely, there's definitely some issues of the dream machines that like don't shoot at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like my, av- my avatar one, like, good luck getting the left orbit or get, good luck getting the ball past like the slingshots, like the slingshots, like go over the flippers. Right. <laughs> well, that's in large part to Travis Mache. Like I had sketched up a, an idea for myself and for, for like a number of years when people would ask me if you could make any game in the world, what would you make? And I'd, I would always think like I would make an amalgamation of like parts of machines that I like, sure. like maybe mm-hmm. the power from twilight zone and maybe like the globe from dredge dread. Um, and have like a pinball machine of pinball machines and it'd be like a Transformers type deal. Um, so that's when I, that's where I was kind of approaching it from. <clears throat> and I did a rough sketch of like these ideas and things I wanted to incorporate with it. And then I bought Travis like six ciders and sat him down and said, you work on machines. How can I get this ball from here to there? <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's like, oh, this would need a subway here. And he like, we were working on schematics, like technical schematics of how wow. the ball would travel f- throughout the machine. So. <laughs> I think you definitely put the most work into it of anyone. I mean, can I can I make like a huge confession right now that a lot of people haven't figured out, which kind of boggles my mind? All of my Harry Potter playfields are based on pinball machines. There's a couple where I notice I'm like, oh, this is a medieval madness game, you know? Yeah, like 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 they're which literally one to one. Like Chamber of Secrets is Black Hole. Uh, mm. The first one is Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Like, it's not even subtle. Like, (laughs) I told it to someone, and they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, dude, look at it. Like, yeah, but you uh, still have to. Azkaban is Fire. Uh, The other one is, uh, one of them is uh, The Tommy's Who. Mm -hmm. One is uh, Scared Stiff. Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is like number six, and then number seven is episode one. I was just like, how could you not look at it and see it? But it just shows you that, like, you know, like the Shrek Family Guy thing, where it's like you could use the same playfield, just reskin it. Yeah. And because the properties are so different or the story is so different, you just kind of like get into it. But like, I just didn't even bother with that shit. Like, John can like like his avatar thing. He's like, oh yeah, well I guess this shot's not lining up. But it, that you actually like went in and designed a pinball machine. I was like, <laughs> oh, I'll trace this drawing of a pinball machine and then put Harry Potter stuff on it. Right. Almost, right. Like, mine aren't true dream machines they're they're like rethemed mm, games or that's something. fair that's whatever it's still cool <laughs> it's uh, still cool <laughs> but yeah it was really the fun part was like 
just think getting into that world. Like I started watching a bunch of Carmen San Diego episodes mm. so that I was getting a good idea of the world I was building in there and what characters to incorporate and how to do a ball save. And like, mm. you know, what would I have it say for a free game or like, uh, and then I hadn't actually met John in person until Pinburg two years ago. So we'd been communicating these ideas back and forth through email. And it was really nice, John, to like to sit down with you at a table and show you my sketches and say, here's my ideas. Can you make this look pretty? <laughs> like, yeah, a resounding I, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I still, I still have all those. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. I, yeah. No, these, these, these drawings like were totally killer. That was, it was so much fun, and I love that. It's like the you know, you know, when Alec and I teach at the school, and we're like working on new s stories with students, and there's that you know, just creative period where you're just like anything goes, and you're spitting out ideas, and like, what if it did this? Like, what if the ball went into a spinning globe, and then you answer <laughs> questions, and you get 15 more seconds for bonuses. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just love that, like, yeah, that creative energy. Someday, yeah. like, like a thousand years from now, when everything is 3D printed, someone will, like, take an ebook version of this document and be like, oh, this Harry Potter game looks kind of fun. And then, like, push a couple buttons and, like, hit the fart button and, like, out will come the 3D machine and they'll just, like, be like, and then they'll, like, have it in front of them. All oh. of these will be played someday. Love it. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of someday, I, I think. <laughs> great segue, first of all. <laughs> uh, this is, yeah, this is episode 61. Okay. We're not just, you know, right. some fly by night podcast. Right. This is a real deal. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, I, when I was talking to Bowen last night, we're, he, he kind of had this question that I'd been thinking about. And now I'm going to ask you is since you guys started drop targeting publishing, what is next? John, can I answer this question? You can, Alec. I knew they were going to ask it, so I thought of, a, <laughs> of an answer that like teases some of the stuff that we're planning, but we don't actually have to talk about it. Does that mm. sound okay? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So, um, so yeah, part of the Drop Target Omnibus, which we funded on Kickstarter, was to buy, we bought 10 ISBN numbers. Um, so we do have future plans for projects. And so here's what I have to say about them. Some of them, like one of them, is over a thousand pages. Oh my gosh. Wow. It will be like a two volume set of something. Another project is a single sheet of paper. <laughs> um, some projects will be uh, even more uh, art focused and handmade zine focused than like uh, the zines that we did for Drop Target, you know, with like screen printed covers. Like yeah. some are even more in that direction, more handmade, more limited run. Uh, whereas other projects might go more in a professional direction of getting like an offset print run, um, you know, hardback copies, full color printing, that kind of stuff. So it's just like a really wide gamut of projects mm -hmm. that's like um, all pinball related, obviously, but uh, just kind of all over the map. Does that is that tantalizing enough? John, do you have anything else you can add without <laughs> giving anything away? Yeah, I just think that like one of the things that Alec and I, when we first sat down to do the zine, we thought like, you know, we're not great players of pinball. We don't like, we don't know the rules enough. You know, like what, are, what can we contribute to the community? And we decided that like, we're both cartoonists, we're both artists and we both love to make books and that's how we can contribute to the community and show how much we love it and appreciate it. And I think that's just what we're going to continue to do is like use our bookmaking skills and our publishing skills uh, to continue to like create content. Um, and help connect like publishing communities and like the comics community and pinball. 
Yeah, and I mean, like a, a thing that actually just happened that we weren't even thinking about. Like, we have our internal list of like, here are the next, you know, five projects or whatever. Um, but like, other people have also come to us and said, like, hey, I have an idea for a pinball book. Would you guys want to publish it? Hmm. So like, we hadn't even considered that. Um, so we're also like starting some conversations with people to see if you know the right combination of uh, interesting topic and trustworthy people and all that kind of stuff would come together to put books together. But um, yeah, I mean, I think we're John and I are both very pleased. Like the book will have a public launch on Thursday, February first. Okay. Um, so if you go to droptargetzine.blogspot.com, um, you know, we, we were going to launch it yesterday, actually, but um, we wanted to wait till January is done because that's when we promised our Kickstarter backers they would get it. And there's still like a handful of people still having a couple of shipping issues. Mm-hmm. So we just want to make sure like everybody gets their book before we do the public launch. But, um, you know, that was a good preview of like how we intend to do this kind of stuff is like wait till the book is done. And then, you know, put it out there, launch it. Whoever wants to get the book can get it. And then we'll do sort of a public launch where it's available to the wider public. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's definitely a lot of folks I already know that are really interested in getting one. Like they didn't listen to me when I said, go back this Kickstarter. But as soon as it came out, they're like, I want that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, go to droptargetzine.blogspot.com and there's an omnibus link at the top of the page and, uh, if you go after February 1st, there'll be a link right there for any muggle to buy it, but they're going to have to pay <laughs> an extra 10 bucks. All the Kickstarter people got in on the ground floor. And got <laughs> 10 bucks off. That's awesome. So. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. Um, do you guys have any plans to get them in, in libraries or like donated to your alma maters or anything like that? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to send a copy to SCAD. Um, I went to school at the Savannah College of Art and Design. Uh, that's where I learned about zines uh, and learned about comics. Uh, the pinball scene, last time I checked, they had like a scared stiff in a bar, um, and that was it. Oh, wow. So, so maybe sending that will be sending some uh, some good karma. Yeah, a little Johnny to... Appleseed action. <laughs> yeah, and we, we put uh, – John and I both work at the Center for Cartoon Studies, so we donated a dust jacket copy there. Um, yeah, I should send one. I hadn't thought of that. I, I was like so depressed when I was in college that I was like, oh, oh God, I just like hate going back there thinking about it. But right. over in college, I'm going to send you a copy of this book. <laughs> You're going to like it. You're going to like it. I don't know what the pinball scene is because I don't like going back there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was just in Fanographics on Saturday and I was like, oh, I should get them to carry this. <laughs> like. I didn't have time to pitch it to Larry or anything, but um, once yeah, that link goes up. anyone who wants to do wholesale orders, just drop us a line. We're, yeah. we're out there, man. So it would fit in so well there. Um, Graham, do you have anything? Oh, man. I I am overwhelmed with the omnibus in front of me. I wish I had uh, had more time to look through it. but I'm the... gifting this copy to Graham, by yes. the way. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Pinball love right there. <laughs> Thrilled. Have fun, Graham. Oh, thank you. I will. I have to say, I was surprised... And I felt like such a dummy when I was looking through it that like, you know, pinball shirts that I had were, de- you know, designed by John or like things that I've seen out in the wild were drawn by Alec. And I was like, whoa, you guys did that and that and that. Because like, I, for example, the Pinberg shirt from 2016 that John drew, I've I wear that thing like twice, three times a month and I love it. It doesn't really look like your style, John. Like I didn't recognize it at first and I didn't know <laughs> until the book came out that you did that. Yeah, you know, I've been lucky to be able to do shirts for Papa and and posters and tokens and stuff for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes I just I just use it as an opportunity to kind of like shake out the cobwebs 
uh, and like try something more graphic. Because um, yeah, most of the stuff is just like pinball machine as dragon or like right. pinball machine <laughs> as, as <a> robot. Monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so John's cool. style in a in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, this was always just like a fun side project for us. You know, like we have. You know, John has John's amazing new book, Bad Mask multimedia tactile reading experience what am i supposed to call it it's like a box with like artifacts in it you should read it like you know that's that's like more our day job is like working on Mm -hmm. uh comics and stuff and for us it's like the pinball stuff was just a a side thing so it's always fun to like be on a podcast like this or to talk to other people that are excited about pinball yeah because that's not necessarily our primary space that we inhabit um to us like you know, we, we belong to the comics community and we're sort of in this weird fringe thing where we're into pinball, right. um, you know, like when I'm at a comic show and I have a pinball thing on my table, people are like, uh, what? Or, <laughs> oh my God, pinball! And yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Or it's a beacon and people like, you know, ding, they, they see it. Like, you're yeah. one of us. <laughs> but, oh my God, we have, we have like turned so many cartoonists into pinheads. That's like, great. You're doing the Lord's work. Denver Independent Comics Expo or something, and I looked it up, and there's like a bar in Denver that has, I don't know, like a hundred pinball machines or something. This great place, and so I just rounded up like 15 cartoonists, and I was like, "Hey, we're going to this bar tonight." And they're like, "What?" <laughs> and then we got there. We, I was like, I was having little classes with people, nice. like showing them how some tips, and then I did it again in um, Ohio. I had like a bunch of people. I was like showing them how to play, and we um, had a show in Columbus. So yeah, there's definitely. When, when people show up to a comic convention, I know John's done it like SPX and Bethesda where you like go and meet up with pinball people. Um, they, they don't know what they're getting into when they show up at a comic show and we happen to be there because we're like, where's the pinball in this city? Right. Yeah, it's funny. Like, um, I've been in touch with Liz Prince over the years because she and I both work, you know, contribute to Razor Cake. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just met her for the first time, like in person at this past Comic-Con. And it was my first Seattle, like Emerald City Comic-Con to ever go to. And all we did was like hang out in the, the pinball room. <laughs> like, nice. Oh, nice. She's like, yeah, let's go do that. She's like, I have this like talk I have to do on stage at one, but we can totally get some games in before that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she was just here. She's my daughter's godmother. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah, she she's so great. She introduced me to my wife and everything. Um, she appears a couple times in Drop Target. But yeah, she was just playing pinball with my daughter like a couple nights ago she was <laughs> showing her the moves she's gotten pretty good she's in like a a, a league out in maine now yeah and i think she just bought her first machine so she's oh, about no to like go deep that's so awesome yeah i'm excited for that um i don't know if i have that too much left i mean i really enjoy talking to you guys about everything <laughs> so <laughs> i could do this for another for like thank you yeah. yeah of course i know this has been so great i could do it for another like three hours yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> oh but, man but uh yeah time changes but, and yeah all that, exactly so. <laughs> we really appreciate you guys making time for us uh with the time zone changes on a friday night and yeah. No oh. problem. Hey, in in, uh, in Manchester, Vermont, this is the most exciting thing happening. <laughs> John's neighbors are like pressed up against the window, like, "What's he doing in there?" He John, it's okay. I'll I need to Skype with you soon, anyways, and like knit while you draw or something. We'll do it. Yeah, soon. we can we can put on that Netflix uh, like fireplace. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like vlog. And I I just got like a an hour reprieve from. I've been watching my daughter, so my, my <laughs> wife did her dinner. And oh, gets, nice. like, talking about pinball. A then... little mental vacation. Yeah, I'll go put her to bed, though, so, yeah, I'll get mine. 
Well, uh, I know we've been plugging things throughout the show, but let's uh, let's do a quick roundup again. Uh, so if people want this beautiful drop target omnibus, or, it really is pretty. Yeah, or anything else from y'all, it's drop target blogspot.com drop target drop target zine oh, oh, see this is why <laughs> this is why we recap exactly. uh, yeah and just if you're listening i don't know when this will post but if it's after february 1st uh you will be able to order it um just it's a it's a print-on-demand book so you just order a copy and they'll send it right to you that's awesome get one for your grandmother <laughs> here you go or get two and vulture on them into a pinball machine yeah oh damn um <laughs> Uh, let's see any other plugs that we've got going on here, Kayla. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I'm really busy, but nothing really pinball related. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess I started, I joined the Capitol Hill full tilt team Oh really? and I named it since it's an ice cream place with pinball where you're called drain freeze. Drain freeze. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> like <it. laughs> uh, we kept it up to, to a vote. I won. So that's good. <laughs> Excellent. But yeah, it's going to be a fun team. We're at the full tilt in Capitol Hill. There's, um, a nice selection of Bobby's games there. Cool. Is is that place actually officially open yet? It's officially open. Oh, it's nice. been open for about two weeks now. Okay. Cool. I need to still check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, if uh, if you know of any additional pinball games in Santa Fe, you can write into us at skillshotpincast at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. Please. <laughs> Done it. Oh man. Um, follow us on Twitter at Skillshot, uh, Facebook Skillshot, and Skillshot mm-hmm. Pincast. Uh, like and subscribe to us wherever you listen to uh, podcasts. Yeah, and I'll th- send a special shout out to uh, anonymous donor James. I'll withheld your uh, last name for. Yeah, we just. I, I don't really check our email anymore since uh, no one's sent anything for seven months or something. And yeah, like four days ago, someone was like, I like what you do. Can we please give you some money? Like, oh, okay. (laughs) Thanks. I mean, it was, you know, very, very appreciated. Yes. Thanks, James. Super cool of you. Well. Do you guys have anything you want to say? (laughs) Yeah. Side projects? Yeah. John? No. Thank you so much for having us. I've been such a fan of uh, the pin cast. um, And it's such an honor to chat with you guys. Well, the feeling yeah. is mutual. We are so pleased to have you guys on. And uh, yeah, thanks again. We'll, we'll... Thank you. And, and just to, just the last thing, just to put a pin in it, I want to say is that uh, the Skillshot Pincast is featured on page 372 of the Drop Target yeah, Audience. It so it really it's feels true. like we've come full circle here right. being on the podcast. Yeah, I used that um, drawing. I, th- I think it was Alec, you did that comic of the looking to f- pinball's future where mm-hmm. there's like a, a two folks talking about pinball podcasts over a table and they're like this the zine just started a podcast oh, I, used, I used that as our facebook profile picture for a while it's so <laughs> nice. cool awesome well, well you guys, guys are great super fun. yeah mm-hmm. well, thank you have a have a wonderful weekend we'll, we'll talk to you guys soon i can't wait to dig the, through this whole book all right have fun awesome enjoy awesome. thanks guys cheers okay bye bye, bye.